Welcome everyone to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. Finding college that's the right fit plays a huge role in getting the most out of it. We think about fit in so many different ways. You know, is it the right location? Is it the right size? Does it have the right focus, whether that's, you know, discipline or something else? You know, what we need to talk a lot more about is the financial fit, because part of getting the most out of college, part of getting the highest return on investment is making sure that there is that balance between what you put in and what you get out. So I'm super excited today to have an expert in financial fit, Leanne Crane, who's the founder of the College Dollar and also a board member at the National College Affordability Group. And she is even a CFSLA, a college funding student loan advisor and certified in that. So welcome, Leanne. Thank you, Elliot, for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and I'm always excited to talk about college finances. I'm very passionate about educating parents and families. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got started. Where did the college dollar come from? How did you get into helping families find this financial fit? So I've been in the college consulting world for just about 14 years now, working for an organization with multiple consultants, and we decided we were a full service. So we'd start with students junior year, you know, we'd go through on May 1st, yay, yay. And then what would happen is after they chose the college, parents would call and say, well, how do I pay for it now? And we say, call a bank and hang up on them. And that didn't really feel very full service to me. And along with that, my husband would keep saying to me, how are we paying for college as we have three children that are consecutive? So we were going to have three in college at the same time. So he was very nervous. So I did a lot of research. I sought out experts. I got certified, as you mentioned. I joined NCAG, you know, a group that's really focused on affordability and really learned and trained myself on how to educate others on this great big expense we call college. So I'm very excited to share my knowledge. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear a story of that knowledge in action. Can you tell us about a time you helped a family find that financial fit? Sure. You know, I used to do seminars and I would start out with, you know, everyone think of all the colleges they know. And so, you know, most of them are in your radius of your own city and the others are either D1 football or basketball from March Madness. And those are about the colleges we all can name. But there's over 3,000 colleges in the U.S. and, you know, most of them affordable. You know, the other ones are just unfortunately the ones we all want to wear across our chest in those sweatshirts. So I had a student that was actually a valedictorian of her class and was very excited to apply to these high-level college. Northeastern was her number one. She did get in. She did get a great scholarship, but it was still out of reach. It was still high 40s for her parents who had another student, another sibling coming up. So I had her apply to all different schools, figuring out what the families could afford, their budget, their EFC, which is now the Student Aid Index, and ended up, she applied and got into Pittsburgh, which ended up being the best choice for her. They actually prepared her better for going on to med school than Northeastern could have done for her. In the end, she was very happy, excited that she chose that school. It was probably about two-thirds the cost of Northeastern, and hey, it worked out. 
So I think, you know, when you focus on the affordability of college along with everything else, the criteria of the student and all that, you know, we want to set the student up for success. And a lot of times parents kind of forget that success doesn't mean you or them having a lot of debt. And it also doesn't mean that they can't get a good education at a college you've never heard of. I think that's the biggest thing parents don't realize is there are so many great schools, especially, you know, I'm in the Northeast and we have a lot of great schools out here. But, you know, sometimes going a little farther away than that normal four to six hours that most students choose can, you know, increase the amount of aid, merit aid they can get from a different school, just being in a different location. You know, choosing a different major, a lot of chemistry majors get more, you know, aid than biology majors. So there's just different things that you need to kind of broaden your horizons than what your neighbor is telling you or what Google's telling you when you're searching for a college. It sounds like the first part of financial fit is this horizon broadening, kind of like look beyond the brand, not just, you know, the 30 schools, you know, but the other 3000 that are out there and broaden your horizons. Tell us a little bit more about that. Right. Take us through how you went from the narrow focus on Northeastern to the broadening to get to Pitt or how you do that more generally. Yeah, I think with parents, it's, it's kind of that education and letting them know that, you know, if the student is willing to travel. Now, there are students who like to stay close to home and that's fine. But, you know, if we think of colleges as businesses and they want to put that little push pin into every high school and every state, you know, if, if you're that kid from that high school in the state, that the college doesn't have, yeah, there's a little more effort on their part, you know, to get you to come to their college. And if you're also, you know, a high achieving student and you go to maybe just one level down where it's not necessarily a high reach school, you know, colleges want to be able to promote, you know, high SAT scores for the average class. So if you help raise their SAT score, you know, you're going to be more admissible. So there's just different tidbits that can help as you're searching that you really should as you said, broaden your horizons and not just focus on the U.S. News top 25. You know, we're looking, as you mentioned earlier, for the return on investments. And, you know, parents and students going into immense debt isn't really getting a good return on investment. You know, kind of comes back again to that. You're setting your student up for a career. You want them out of your basements. We really want to set them up to be citizens contributing to the community. And what are some of the resources that you use and that families can use to understand return on investment, debt, financial fit, cost? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, even though people roll their eyes every time you say this, is is figuring out a, a budget. And I probably say maybe 20% of families I work with, you know, come to me with a budget. But it's really um, an important piece. There's only three ways to pay for college. So you need to sit down and say, do we have any money saved or are we going to save money if you're, you know, hopefully listening to this with little ones? So what is saved? What do you have saved that you can spend towards college? What are you willing to alter your cash flow monthly for? Is there money? Do you own your own business? And so seasonally, you have different income. Are you able to pay a monthly tuition payment? And lastly, debt. Are you willing to take on debt? Are you close to retirement? Do you have 15 more years to work? You know, how are you going to pay this debt back? And who's going to pay this debt back? So once you can understand those three questions and how you're going to pay, you want to make sure you have your conversations with your student. So don't leave your student in the dark. And if you can only pay a certain amount, you need to explain this to your student and both work towards trying to get, you know, schools that fit within that budget. And it doesn't mean not to apply to other schools. 
you know, we've all heard of the student who got an exceptional merit aid or, you know, your finances were such that they were able to give you more need-based aid. There's all different situations that can play into that. But I think really starting with understanding what you can afford and having those conversations with your student are really important so it doesn't become such an emotional decision on May 1st. It's interesting. On the one hand, you want to broaden your search. Right. Then you want to narrow your focus based on a budget. And it's, you know, it's almost like counterintuitive. But once you say it, it makes a lot of sense. What are the things, you know, that sometimes trip people up when they're trying to do this? You mentioned, you know, you get caught up in the brand or you leave the student in the dark and, you know, you talk about finances too late in the game, which is something I certainly heard from other folks. We you know, we did another episode with Mark Salisbury from Tuition oh, yeah, Fit. He, he brought yeah. that up as well. But what are some of the kind of like pitfalls that often get in the way of this working well that maybe folks can avoid based on your good advice? I've been trying to understand financial aid. I'm not sure it's easily done with Google, but I, I do get a lot of parents, you know, who unfortunately have talked to neighbors or, you know, my nephew went to this school and there's a lot of kind of mixed messages about financial aid and appeal letters and finding those financially fit colleges. So I think, you know, not to promote myself here or, you know, any one person, but I think if you can reach out to experts, whether it's at a college night or, you know, organizations like NCAG that are nonprofit, you know, they can give you resources to explain. You know, I had one woman come to me and she had figured out her student aid index. And so was applying to certain schools, thinking she was going to get all this money and not applying to others because she wouldn't. And in actuality, she kind of had it all reversed. She was really not applying to the ones she should have and was applying to the ones that weren't going to end up giving her money. So there, I mean, you know, the Ivies don't give merit, but her son was a 1600 ACT and a 4.0 student. So if he could just come down a level and get merit aid at the college, you know, versus applying to schools that don't give merit, you know, that would really be a way to look for financially fit schools. Gotcha. So, you know, broaden your horizons, look beyond the brand, set a budget, include students in the conversation, and then factor in aid based on, you know, need financial aid as well as merit aid. Right. One other tip I was going to say is that, you know, these days, there's a lot of colleges that report six-year graduation rates. So another way to be financially fit is to keep on track with your student to graduate in those four years. So, you know, with my students, every semester, you know, they're adults and on their own, mm-hmm. I sat down, you know, I'm paying the tuition bill. So I wanted to make sure that they were on track to graduate in those four years and not extending a semester or a year, which, you know, in this day and age is obviously adding up to thousands and thousands of dollars. That makes a ton of sense. If you want to get a return on your investment, you need to complete. But I think even extending that further, thinking about the career piece, you know, and what can you do in college to position yourself, you know, for a career also seems pretty important. Yeah. Searching out colleges that have co-ops or, you know, making your own co-op. I know a lot of schools are kind of known for co-ops, but most any college will work with you, you know, if you want to co-op you know, to do that, that gives you that work experience that you kind of need to get to the next level once you graduate, you know, working with the college and career center. So it definitely are things you kind of need to plan as you're going through college and not just wait until you graduate and then your loans come due and what do I do now? That's so important because earlier in the conversation, at least I was 
pretty focused on like the admissions piece of affordability, but that extends through throughout uh, and after college, right? Because it's like it's graduation, it's career exploration, career development, placement, exactly. co-ops, yeah. internships, you yeah. know, all the things that help you find career fit. Yes. When I work on parents with we do four year, you know, cash flow. We're taking all that mm-hmm. into consideration and how are we paying for college. If there's debt, who's paying it back? You know, what other resources are available? You really want to understand the full picture. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, when do we use 529 monies? You know, when do we take the loan and not the loan? So there's a lot of, uh, I think, complexity, unfortunately, that kind of goes into just actually paying for the college once you've gone through the whole journey of finding that one. And is this getting any easier or is it getting harder? Like, I know there's a new FAFSA coming. What's changing about how folks find their fit? The new FAFSA is supposed to be easier. So we'll see. We haven't actually seen it online yet, only screenshots. So we'll know. But, you know, it's supposed to help more people with that free money from the government, Pell Grants and things like that. So, you know, help those that really need the help. You know, I, I just think colleges are getting so pricey. It, it's really difficult to, you know, keep going on this journey. And everybody says, when's it going to end? And I don't know. I think 20 years ago, if you told us colleges were going to be $90,000, we'd all laugh and say, that's impossible. But here we are. Yeah. Just make sure parents out there, you know, do your homework, seek out some expert advice if you need to, you know, think about a budget. You know, at any point, you know, once you have a child and, you know, whether you can or can't save, you know, any savings helps. You know, I really think that's an important piece on, you know, how important is that price going to be in your decision of the college? And it's really hard to break your student's heart. You know, we tell them that if they do good and do things they're supposed to, they can go to any college they want. But I really think we have to kind of tone that statement down because price really should be a factor in where they go these days. You know, we've been talking about this as if you go to a college, but, you know, so many students transfer mm-hmm. and, you know, and a lot of students pursue a two-year yeah, degree, get an associate's. College. Yeah, if everybody did community college and transfer it, and that would be great as far as affordability is concerned. You know, that's kind of getting a real good bang for your buck. But, you know, that doesn't fit everyone. Kids want that, you know, college experience, some degrees you know, are really best started at a four-year school and completed that way. But nowadays there's, you know, the whole career environment is changing with two-year degrees and state programs and state jobs not needing four-year degrees and Google certifications. So there's definitely all kinds of ways to, you know, get to your career. And it definitely should, you know, be a whole journey when you're graduating high school to figure out where you want to go. Are you finding more families wondering whether they need to go to college at all you know you mentioned career certificates or you know maybe just stick with a two-year school if you read the headlines everyone's questioning the value of college i feel like you're on the front lines of that because you're having all these value is it worth the conversation what's your take i think most people i talk to really value an education you know that's something we can't take away from you and can only add you know, professionally to your life. But again, that return on investment, I have to agree with some. I mean, there'll always be that big debate of, you know, IV versus non-IV and the intangibles. But I think there's a lot of successful people out there that didn't go to IVs and maybe only have a two-year degree. So I think as the prices get higher, 
there's going to be less discussion on that. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for not only your practical advice for families on financial fit, but looking into your crystal ball a little <laughs> bit about whether it's, you know, FAFSAs or value or affordability or two-year schools. Really appreciate your insights and the work you're doing to help students and families. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. You too. Appreciate it. Yes. I hope everyone just wants to educate themselves and hopefully those prices will come down in the very near future. Absolutely. And I hope your three kids get the most out of college. I hope so too. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out ElliotFelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book.